Greetings. I'm Sonia Brooks, the Song Bee, and this is The Vibe Juice. Episode 34 of the Vibe Juice. Uh, we just uh, uh, just had a vocalization of a new entry tune, bank, courtesy bank. of uh, Yo's Trilly. <laughs> so this is a Sister Love Sonia song, song B, your host with the most, and this is episode number 33 of the Vibe Juice. Welcome y'all, and in the house we had the Vibe Crew, who are Aliyah Rashid. <laughs> Smooth walker the sweet talker in the mix like Betty Crocker, baby. What's shaking, y'all? What's shaking? What's shaking, baby? All right. Well, you know, fight fascism. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm saying. It's just becoming, uh, you know, so obvious. I mean, it's been obvious for years, but I think that at this point, some people are late waking up. Right. It is actually starting to be a studied genre in our society people are actually starting to even question as to whether or not fascism is a bad thing well well so uh, we will jump right into it we won't hesitate it is time for the politics tricky dick nicky nick all of that (laughs) orange orange crush whatever so now i know you all have heard in the news in the last and I thought this took me by surprise not surprise excuse me not surprise but they're becoming just so emboldened but the alleged self-proclaimed proud boys there were two guys that that uh, attempted to blow up the Democratic headquarters in Sacramento this is a, roughly about a week and a half ago mm-hmm. uh, Ian Benjamin Rogers 45 of Napa and Gerard Copeland 37 of Vallejo that sounds like a black dude Gerard <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, Jared. Okay, there you That's go. That's my vernacular. <laughs> Let Gerard. me that. Jared. Excuse me, Jared Copeland. <laughs> but uh, they, now what's funny, this was about a week and a half. They uncovered a manifesto. Yeah. Uh, they uncovered, he actually carried a, a white privilege card <laughs> that had 45, 45, 45 with a bunch of zeros in front of it repeatedly as the card number Mm, mm, mm. and it was valid from birth to death Mm. i mean you know they flashed that on the news and i'm like okay so this is this is some shit don't leave home without it okay uh (laughs) and if you do don't expect to get back right okay wow Uh, and he had an arsenal of 60 weapons crazy I'm, i'm pretty sure it was 60 damn crazy so this is the type of things, and we keep seeing more and more evidence of these characters, you know, uh, unfolding all of these plots. I'm sure there are numerous of plots to do shit. Well, you know, the, the, the FBI, the public was told, and I think it was about 
eight to ten years ago mm. that white terrorism was oh, yeah. a real thing. Yeah. But the FBI, in in reality, has been tracking white American terrorists mm. for probably 30, 40 years. Mm. See, because, mm-hmm. you know, the John, Jaber- John Birchers, they used to be connected to... Uh, some socialist, I think, organization out hmm. of South America, wow. Central America. How about that? Um, that was not, it, it was, the only reason I remember it, when I read it, and, you know, being here in America and reading about the John Birchers, right? Mm-hmm. And when they said they were connected to socialists in Central America and South America, I was really? Like, but what it turned out was those were all. Okay, in Central, in Central America. That's why it wasn't connected to guerrilla movements. Mm. Okay. That's mm-hmm. why they had nothing to do with, you know, Nicaragua, Honduras. Right, Guatemala. so they're hiding or using a guise to mm-hmm. do their practices and planning and what have mm-hmm. you based there where they don't have the U.S. government interference. Right. Yeah, you know, and, you know, you know these, these, these plots... Um, obviously, the FBI is is somewhat on um, on the job because they're stopping some of this stuff. They're stopping a lot of this junk. I mean, you know, uh, last week there was a possible uh, attempt at the All Star Game. Um, yeah. You know that, in that happened. No, in uh, yeah. in Denver, Denver, Colorado. Oh. Uh, there was a there was there were a group of men who were arrested in a hotel that had a cache of. Close you know, cache of weapons and explosives and whatnot that was right in the same neighborhood as um, as the All Star Game over there at Coors Field, and um, basically, if those men had decided to use the weapons that they had um, in different rooms, it would have basically been a Las Vegas level um, event, um, and maybe even worse because it would have been coming from at least three or four guys. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just one guy that was sitting up there. It would have been a number of guys that would have been, you know, firing on this oh, crowd of people. That's crazy. You know, the, and, and uh, you know, t- I'm talking about, you know, one of these places where basically they could triangulate everybody into a little certain yeah. area and corral everybody and just basically just, just not take them all. wipe them out. Yeah, right. it would have been it would have been like a, you know, an L shaped, uh, you know, ambush. <laughs> you know, basically, and it would have been like, man. yeah, would have been no way to get out of it. You know, um, so yeah, um, and, but they, but they were stopped. Um, I think maybe one of the hotel maids saw uh, something suspicious and and called the police and they caught the guys. So it's amazing that two of them have warrants because we know that there's nothing that you can do these days because there's surveillance everywhere, not only on your cell phones, your email, Internet, Mm -hmm. everything. So I guess the ability to we have to anticipate or expect how many times are they going to be able to always discover these people or. When is the time there's going to be the the Lone Ranger? That's the one that's probably hardest to find the plotting ahead of time. It just depends. Yeah, I think you know? so. I think, you know, when there's no communication, when there's communication between individuals mm-hmm. who are planning something, the FBI probably gets the opportunity to be able to make an investigation and step in the middle of it. Um, whereas if an individual is just collecting one weapon at a time and collecting bullets over here mm-hmm, and collecting mm-hmm. bullets over there and... You know, after about 10 years, he's maybe, you know, gotten enough bullets to go in and, and fuck some shit up. Um, and he don't tell nobody about it. 
you know, or make any plans about, you know, about it or saying, oh, I'm going to do something big on Facebook or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then the next thing you know, they, they, they step out there as the lone wolf and they, you know, they make something happen. But, um, yeah. I mean, so let's just talk about like the motive altogether. So <laughs> the motives of doing these so-called planned attacks is simply because they're angry, uh, militia, you know, with the mindset of, you know, ideology of a proud boy or right wing extremist and et cetera. And they want to wipe out everything that's not white. Well, not uh-huh. only that, not only that, I think we need to, to pay close attention mm-hmm. to the fact um, a lot of these people really want to die. Yeah. And, that, okay. and I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that colloquially. I mean right, they, right, they, right. they seriously want to give their life mm. in pursuit mm. of fascism globally. Mm, mm. See, and that's mm. one of the things that we. I, I don't think the Western media. Right now, I saw an article out of a newspaper in Berlin, mm-hmm. and they were talking about uh, neo-Nazism in the U.S. Yeah, and their intelligence agencies. I can much more hook up with their analysis mm-hmm. than what the FBI and them here are saying. Right. Because there, they were saying that, look, you can pick around and, you know, get to, like the guy that mm-hmm. shaved his mustache to look like Hitler and all that shit. Right. They said, hey, we watch. Yeah, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, there's literature. Um, for instance, those guys in Coors Field. I think yeah. there was literature that these guys had on them, which was the same book of literature that uh, McVeigh had on him. Ah, uh, that yes. was basically well. a book that was uh, more or less oriented toward uh, this future, this character in the future mm-hmm. that was uh, dedicated to the race war that was that was you know yeah. that was coming, right? Um, so you literally have a book. That's a, a fictional book that's set, you know, in this you know dystopian time where this young white uh, guy who was a former military uh, soldier um, comes out and says, "Well, you know, I'm going to fight for white pride, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And um, and then they basically sort of go through his whole regimen of how he, you know, serves at you know serves his purpose as a lone wolf. And does what he does, right? And, and this is what McVeigh did you know, yeah. with with uh, with that guy Terry. Uh, can't remember his name. Yeah, one McVeigh. Tommy, I don't remember the name. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, these guys, um, they they do. They they will. They're some of these guys are willing to lay their lives down, and you know, hopefully, have their name um, in the future on a plaque somewhere inside some, you know, um, yeah, you know, post. Like I said, uh, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic uh, governmental wall uh, of, of 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 not shame, but uh, of heroes, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, the January sixth, um, the 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 Proud Boys, Rulu Boys, three mm-hmm. percenters. Um, I think it was five organizations in total. Three percenters. That's another three percent, one. Yes, yeah, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, they have. They are in the process of creating a museum. Okay. And it's going to be. They're going to. Um, each organization is going to have their history. 
Yeah. <laughs> they have a right to have a museum. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I, I'll go and visit. And, All right. And, they won't let your black ass in there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do the other thing. <laughs> but, um, you had to paint yourself. Yeah, but seriously, um, that kind of stuff has been happening. You know, the, the uh, what is it? The well, think about southern it. Southern poverty. When you move, remove their statues, right? <laughs> so then they're just got to have their britches in a bundle. Have my shit. Right, and they have a right. In their own arena where they, you know, they can teach the history and, and you know, be proud of all that. You're right. There should That's be a true. place for it. Yeah. But there's, there shouldn't be a, a general public space that's, you know, in your face. Man, you, you know, know what? It's just so sad, you know, that you got assholes like that in the world. And it's just so sad that they're being <laughs> propagated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and, and it's almost as if, you know, you... You almost thought that there is at some point that group of individuals would fucking die, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the racist individuals would grow old and, you know, maybe they'd leave a little small imprint on their children and their children would, you know, maybe leave a small imprint on theirs and, and then eventually they'd all end up fucking black people and it'd be over with. Right. But it's just, you know, I'm just playing. Yeah. But I mean, it just, it just doesn't seem, it seems like it, it's it's possibly going back the other way, you know, it really seems as if, you know, right. as if, you know, maybe a Confederate, uh, uh, movement, uh, is, is growing and, um, you know, and, but yet at the same time, I, I still think it's still shrinking because they're all not, you know, cause they yeah. basically are all well, fucking black that. people, but I mean, you know, that's of the right wing in America is that yeah. we always talk about it growing, spreading. Yeah. You know, the, the sickness is, is you know, the, the, yeah. the cancer is spreading. Yeah. But as their population shrinks, yeah. shrinks as. But the desperation increases, expands. Well, of course. But, yes. but in, in their own communities, when they get called out, you know, then it's like, okay, well, we 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 trying to have two generations at least. Hmm. <laughs> you know, those that are maybe seventy to a hundred and fifty to seventy. But I think uh, I saw a guy from the um, chief of staff, uh, military leader. I think he was from the Marine Corps, but he was just saying his son is the one that turned him on. To what was going on inside the Marine Corps? Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. You know, and his son was saying, "Dad, y'all need to be paying attention." Wow. Because you know, y'all write it off like, "Okay, you put us all through boot camp, and you know, we all get the same basic programming." Mm-hmm. But they were paying attention to who was coming and why they were coming. Yeah. All I had to do was show up and say, I, "I'm down." Right. Okay. Right. I want to be a, what was it, devil dog? Mm-hmm. I want to be a devil dog. Hmm. I, you know, um, using the count, the culture of the core against the core. Okay. And that's what this, this old guy was saying. He's, I think, late 60s, early 70s. But he was just saying his son is in, in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said mm-hmm. his son was like, no, you know, you missed it. Yeah. 
he said, because they're right inside, mm -hmm. organizing inside of the Marine Corps, inside of the United oh, States yeah. military. Oh yeah, very believable. Man, you sure, know, when, when I was in when I was in the army, guys were joining the the army to uh, get you know thirty four thousand dollars for college, or you know, I had one guy. I remember he said, "I'm joining the National Guard." So I can get the BDUs so I can go hunting in the swamps, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, th th those yeah. were those were the reasons why they were joining. Right. Now you're getting, you know, you're getting guys that have already joined these cults, and then they're coming in and they're going and they're getting their basic rifle marksmanship. Right. Yeah, they're right. learning how to shoot, but move, you know and communicate, training. you know, there and all this is. training. So this is no different from when we there was the threat of. Uh, alleged terror international terrorists coming right. here getting training uh air, getting airline a uh, pilot license in florida et cetera. Et cetera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's the same thing it's, it's same just thing. it's just internal yeah just absolutely internal. you know and it's basic yeah. you know what i'm saying it's yeah. very ba you know very basic rifle marksmanship basic you know um um you know combat movement uh basic uh house to house you know uh -huh. uh, you know um um, hmm. you know, uh, urban compact tactics and things like that, that you learn in order to just become a soldier because, because right. we were oriented toward a, uh, an urban terrain, um, you know, in the middle East, um, you know, now you know how to move from building to building, et cetera, et cetera, hmm. uh, from room to room, you know, clear rooms, th these types of things are basic things that you learn in the military. Back in the day, we just basically learned how to shoot, Right. Um, whereas now it's, it's, it's a whole different ball game. Um, and those things are things that those people are taking back to their, you know, to their neighborhoods. And now, you know, now you have, on the streets. you know, you have 30 guys, right. Um, from, you know, a small town, right. That all have been a basic training, right. You know, and they've, and they've been doing their practice off in the, in the woods, in the woods at, yeah. you know, at this warehouse, and then they decide, okay, now's the time. Bam, now. Right. And then they come right. into, you know, an urban center, Louisville, Kentucky, or wherever the hell they go, right? And they they go in and they know that together as a force, they can go ahead and clean out 3,000 people as, you know, with 50 guys, right? I mean, you know, that's yeah. kind of scary shit, yeah. right? Yeah, because, you know, right. all the other people don't know how to do all that, right? Now, they might be tough. They might be this. They might be that. You know, that's, that's just like, you know... I remember seeing on videotape, there were a couple of times where I'd see on videotape where these white boys would go and they'd do all this MMA shit yeah, and yeah, they'd go train yeah. mm -hmm. and then they'd go walk in the hood, yeah, right? And they'd mm -hmm. be like, yeah, man, what's up, dude? You know what I'm saying? You want to fight? I mean, yeah, just you and me, dude, blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? And they bring their little five white partners, right? And then they, you know, and they, you know, they challenge some brothers right there and then these dudes start doing all this, you know. MMA arm bars and all this other shit. And he'd just mm -hmm. be like, dude, I thought you just wanted to, you know, kind of box. And he'd, do, they'd be like, nah, nah. And then I remember seeing that one time and the motherfuckers got their asses headed to it because motherfuckers oh, yeah. started stomping their ass. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, wait a minute, we just wanted to, nah, 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 <laughs> fuck that shit. You, you know, came over here, you started that shit. Now you about to all get y'all ass whooped. And they got, I, I saw that shit. The motherfuckers barely got their ass out of there alive. <laughs> it was kind of cute. But, um,. <laughs> Try that shit anyway, but I mean, but you know that's what their their plans are, right? They're just like that. Dylan, what's that kid that went over to, over into, uh, uh, into uh, Wisconsin? The little white boy that went into Wisconsin oh, yeah. with his hand on backwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's one of them. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, that's that's, right. that's you know with the M16. We went walked right. in with the right. with the AR15. You know, looking like a little tough little stud. Exactly. You know, 14, 15 years old or Not whatever. Just, yeah. You know, that's. 
he, the training that he had was right. probably from one of those guys that came back from base training. Now, count, you know? now countering that now over the 4th of July weekend, you remember, if you recall, uh, Massachusetts police, there was a black militia and a standoff. Oh, yeah. They, they were, arrested all of them. They arrested Moors. them. The Moors. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I think, I think that this was their way of countering that kind of shit because clearly just as these people, the, that militia group, you know, Proud Boys, wherever they are, you know, uh, taking things back to the communities to teach and train, then you have... The Not Fucking Around crew. The Moorish. Oh, yeah. 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 Same right. shit. Right. See, now, they, the way they responded to the brother that's the leader of NFAC, mm-hmm. um, to me, is very, it's, it's really important that we pay attention to how people approach us and attempt to uh, not just demoralize, but undermine the creation of something like No Fucking Around Crew. Right. Okay? Hmm. Um, Because when they went after the brother, I forget what his... his, Johnny, we don't have to remember his name. Yeah, but when when they went after him, (laughs) they really went after him like... Like he was Calvin Muhammad. Like I mean, you know, like he yeah. like he represented something much deeper, much broader. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing I give brother credit for. He is told, he has said from the very beginning, we are a small group within a small population. Mm-hmm. Do not right. think it right. means we don't have impact. Right, mm-hmm. we do. Uh-huh. But we need to be remain aware mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you know we like a tenth of a tenth. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But, um, you know, I, I think that, well, for a future, Sister Sonia, yes. for a future yes. uh, podcast okay. issue, uh-huh. I would strongly suggest that we talk about Invisib- uh, scenarios. Mm-hmm. Because one person, I, I really, Octavia Ooh. Butler, yeah. science fiction writer. Mm hmm. That sister stuff is now starting to come out hmm. mm-hmm. in terms of everyday news. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean that. You know, not not just in her books, but I'm saying that hmm. if you read okay. uh, AI, uh, all that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of her stuff, you know, in a what is the one I'm thinking of? The future, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, but very future. Parable of the Sower. Okay. Sour. Mm. Uh, so, oh, okay. Sour, so, sour, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in that one, it's set in California, Northern California, okay. mm-hmm. in the 2020s. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the freeways are empty mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. only a very, very tiny population can actually buy gas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And people they can afford it. Jack. Only a small can afford it or can well, buy it. Can buy it at all, uh, it, so you may be you may be able to buy it, and you can buy five dollars, <laughs> but ain't no sixty, eighty, ninety, hundred right. Phillips. Ain't right. none of that shit going on. Right. right. Okay, but the just the general social conditions that Octavia created in Parable of the Sower. Not to check I mean, that when out. I when I had it, oh please do, because when I assigned it to my class, this was. When when did she you know what uh, and look it up? So yeah. this was a few futuristic S O W E R right. 
parable of the futuristic sower. book. Right. That she sour, wrote yeah. some some time. Sower. Sower. Sour. Sower. Like sower. Like it sow was, seeds. So yeah. she wrote it in okay. 1993, fiction novel, and uh, it's a, it's a series, first of t- uh, a two book series. Yeah. Right. But the the what I'm saying is that the general conditions mm-hmm. that she details in Parable of the Sower, mm-hmm. the general conditions, when you, I had a class, I gave them the, the book to read. It was a semester-long project, mm. right? I had people that called me. I gave the assignment on a Thursday. I had people calling me Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. We only met once a month, right? Mm-hmm. I had people calling me saying, Ali, I, 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 I couldn't sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was, it was set in Northern California. Right. right. He, she talked about all the freeways you know, right. and you know, right. well, 880 and so forth. I'm going to check this out. So okay. here it is. So the plot is beginning in 2024. This is so relevant, and actually people should pick up this book and read it, because this is now, even though it was written about 20, 28 years ago. Yeah. But 2024, when society in the United States has grown unstable due to climate change, growing wealth inequality, and corporate greed. Where are we today? <coughs> so Sound like 2021. So the parable of the sower takes us, uh, or sour takes form of a journal kept by uh, a character, an African-American teenager, and her mother abuses drugs, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and so what she does is share the uncontrollable abilities of sensations of uh, that she sees as a witness that she witnesses in other particularly the pain so mm-hmm. and it, it it goes on but this is like really I'm telling you dear really listen, reflecting I'm where we are now is one of three three one two three science fiction writers that have won both of the global science fiction writer awards mm-hmm. three I can think of, and and I don't even read as much science fiction as I used to, but I can think of a good 20 or 30, right? right? Three, and uh, and of the three, Octavia is the one that continued to win awards. You know, now they're talking about uh, her on uh, Netflix and uh, um, uh, uh, Disney and, and all of this. They have to find a way to address it because... Those that read Octavia, put it this way, every time I've met somebody and we had a chance to discuss science fiction writing as related to the world we live in, mm-hmm. Octavia's name always comes up. Right. Hmm. And I think it's because she she was far enough ahead to see what could be and sharp enough to communicate it clearly now. Wow. You know, so anyway. Now, she I just, passed in 2006, right. unfortunately. Right. But, uh, wow, what a heavy sister. Born in uh, Pasadena, California. Mm-hmm. And she lived in uh, Washington, Lake Forest Park, Washington. Phenomenal. Okay, Seems but like, yeah. she she's somebody that, to me, you could learn so much from just reading a mm-hmm. quote-unquote science fiction novel. 
because she her studies were thorough. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you know. So well, so going getting back to you know just the ideology mm-hmm. of that we're talking about, I and mean, we're yeah. talking about particularly uh, any one of the the type of uh, homegrown terrorist groups yeah. that ha- have set forth a uh, ideology that basically is pro white supremacist and uh, annihilation of any others that oppose yeah. them or just pro fascism. There we have it. And speaking of that, we have another piece of literature that's out. I alone can fix it. The book by Carol uh, Leoning and Philip Rucker, which, oh, yeah. which chronicles mm-hmm. General Mark Miley's, uh, who was the chairman joint chief of staff. Right. Uh, and the book chron- uh, chronicles his experience and uh, witnessing with the, behind the Trump administration and the actions and behavior of Trump calling him out as preaching the gospel of the Fuhrer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the lies that he was uh, uh, projecting forth about the election being stolen. And these, he said, these are, quote, these guys are Nazis, they are Boogaloo boys, they are Proud Boys. These are the same people we fought in World War II. Now, Damn. <laughs> okay. If that, like I was there. I'm telling you. The same uh, oh, who else do you need? That's like God coming part in the sky and saying, this is what it is, people. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. This is it. What You, you don't need no other stamp on it. You know, <laughs> Millie ain't that old, dog. <laughs> Keep out your head. You know that, right? But, well, um, no, I know he's not. But I know. 69? Yeah, I'm 69. Well, that's about it. He's yeah, younger. Yeah, yeah. He might be about the same age as you. But uh, what I'm saying is he didn't fight no World no, War II. No, he didn't fight World War II, but he's saying but, we as a country, yeah. right. you know. But, and man, you 69? Yeah, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, you should see this guy. He looks great. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yes, but, he uh, does. But, um, no, but, um, but, but what I'm saying, though, is... Black don't cry. Is it? Yeah, you got that right. Um, you know, but what I'm saying, I guess, about Millie is, is that, you know, first off and foremost, you know, kudos to Millie, to Millie. Uh, yes. uh Kudos to Millie uh, for even still having his job. Right. Um, I know. In the Biden administration, you know, what I'm saying for having been the right. chairman of the Joint Chiefs I know. during the Under that. during the Trump administration and right. still having his job, <laughs> you know, as the military guy. Right. When, um, they when, when, when they leave. I mean, you know, what I'm saying, because had that been somebody else who would have been supportive of exactly. all that shit that Trump was was down with. Right. His ass definitely would have been fired on day one. Right. Right. Um, because they would probably still be looking for a way to try and overthrow the government, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Um. But when you when you think about Millie, um, and being you think the about the insider, thing, yeah, being the insider, an insider, and 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 actually, you know, uh, you know, reading reports about how that 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 whole scenario went down uh, just before January sixth, and he was actually, uh, he had actually been meeting, uh, having private meetings with his staff and his team yeah. and his, his yeah. other the other joints joint chiefs uh, to see how they might be able to prevent a coup. Um, or a takeover by by the Trump administration. All that's all the while, you know, understanding that his job, you know, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, was to follow the commander in chief, yeah. right? To command to follow the commander in chief, and then the person just below that, the Secretary of Defense, whom we had actually already had a d- discussion about, who yeah. was a former Green Beret who had actually reached the rank of Colonel only, but. His job specifically was to overthrow governments, hmm. right? 
Hmm. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. And that, and, and that guy is the Secretary of Defense, right? Um, so, right. so Trump was setting up yeah, he was. Right. Um, everything that he needed to do in order to be able to gradually make this move um, to overthrow our country. And uh, kudos to Millie. Um, and uh, there was another general, um, general, um, um, an army general um, and uh, former chairman of NATO, um, uh, chairman uh, of NATO. And I can't remember his name offhand, but he actually was going to run for president at some point. Um I cannot remember the guy um, offhand by name, and I, I used to love the guy. Um, uh, but he said, one of the things he said when I was watching MSNBC and they were discussing Milley, they said, you know, uh, history will be kind hmm. uh, to Mark Milley in terms of the way that he's judged in, uh, in terms of his performance mm-hmm. um, as the chairman of Joint Chiefs. Um, in fact, he had actually served, Milley had served as a one-star under this guy um, at some point in his, in his uh, young part of his career. But pretty amazing stuff you know coming out of out of mark milley um um that he was able to um you know make the slow moves necessary to be able to prevent certain things from coming when there were suggestions that were made he would counter with other suggestions that would you know you know move the president in in another direction um rather than having him go the to the extreme measures that he went to Mm -hmm. there was that one point um where where he utilized milley um as a as a as a photo op uh, yeah. When he came down there with the Bible and, and, yeah. and held it funny, yeah, some kind of funny right. way. In front of the yeah, he yeah. used Millie to Outside. walk down there with him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Millie, and, but what did Millie do right after that? He said, I, I was used in that, and I did not mean to have it turn out to look like that. I wasn't expecting that. I was just, the president asked me to take a walk with him. Right. And I took the walk with him, and then I realized there are all these cameras, and that was right. not what I was there for. Wow. It was, I was not there to say that I was in support of... His uh, bullshit. Well, good right. that he retracted that, that, that I mean, immediately. That, yeah. that was basically what it's going to be. Right, I was surprised right. he wasn't fired then, actually. And then when you look at, you know, and then you look at the other side, you know, so sometimes, you know, while, you know, while our liberal side of us, you know, has to, has the tendency to uh, turn on the TV and we go ahead and watch um, um, um Shazam. <laughs> well, no, we, we'll go ahead and watch MSNBC or we'll oh, watch okay. uh, yeah. CNN or we'll mm-hmm. watch the liberal side <laughs> of the news. You know what I'm saying? We also have to look at the other side when they're, okay. when they're, when they're doing their news. And let me yeah, tell that's you, true. That's the true. Tuck, you have to know the, what they're the saying. The Tucker Carlson's and everybody else right. are dogging Millie out right now. They, they are. are. I bet they He's, are. Uh, some supposed, I mean, you better look at them stars. You know what I'm saying, right. and you better look at all them stripes on that right. on that sleeve, right? Because because right. a man has like about he has about ten stripes yeah. on yeah. his right. sleeve, yeah. right? And those stripes mean that he was in combat during those are six months. Each one is six months of combat, mm. right? Um, those 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 lines. I have two on mine. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I this got man you know got it all up to sleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got PTSD from the two. <laughs> okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I just got two. <laughs> and this motherfucker got like ten of the motherfuckers on there. So you right. know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is is that um uh yeah so Millie 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 and and you know you got to look at the, the 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 tabs at the top of that you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. As well, you know, uh, on top of that sleeve as well, which are special forces and, and rangers. <laughs> um. So. He's no he's no punk, you know what I'm saying, when it comes down to um understanding um the military and how it works. Um and and nor does he have any um any dis uh disconnect with the duty of what um 
um, an officer is supposed to do with regard to uh, obeying the laws of this country. And and what he what he planned on doing at that point was making sure that there was a separation between oh, yeah, be a the separation. military and the civilians, <laughs> right? You know, be a separation. right? And and what whether or not he was going to regard or disregard a dislawful order, and that was what mm-hmm. he was 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 looking to to mm-hmm. see. Um, thank God he did what he did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So because none of it would have mattered what the fuck we thought, because because I'm gonna tell you. Had he jumped on the side of the, of, of the Trump train, oh, that'd been you know bad. what I'm saying? That'd been and, horrible. And everybody said, "Nah, fuck that." Guess what? Everybody mm-hmm. would be like under rubble right now. Yeah. He, 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 they they could have blown the shit out of us. They, you know, the military, the United States government has has a, you know, maybe the tenth largest you know army in the world. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But we have the strongest military in the world, right? And that strongest military in the world could take on 300 million people. If they decided that they wanted to do it, yeah. they could take on yeah. 300. That's right. You heard me, ladies and gentlemen. Wouldn't the one million man army that we have could take on 300 million people just with regard to the firepower that they have. Right. right? Well, also the, the American populace, I think, has was always in, in, intended to be, you know, the sheep. Yeah. Okay. So, you, yeah, I definitely believe that if the military sided with a fascist movement in this country, mm-hmm. then, you know, I remember a guy named Carlos Marighella, mm. who was the author of the many manuals of the urban guerrilla. Mm. And he was in a set of, set of circumstances to where there was no central movement mm. for the left in Central America and South America at that time. Mm-hmm. And he acted as a partisan guerrilla for 40-some years. Mm. Huh. Okay? Right. So it, it, there's, there's, there's that reality mm-hmm. that we could be in a very different set of circumstances. Oh, absolutely. And then okay. you have those people that would have supported that shit. So now you have a military that's now supplying right-wing extremists to take out the majority of the left wing that want to that want to keep the country how it was, right? Or the majority right? of the population, period. Or the majority of the population, period. If you're not with us, you're against us. A civil war. Yeah. Wow. Okay. With with the majority of the firepower going to the extremists and fascists. Right. Right. What a terrible world you live in, in that scenario. Well, you know what? So with that, I'm going to just kind of jump to... <laughs> I'm going right. to I'm going to make a jump and I wasn't going to do this but I'm going to do this the assassination of uh President Jovenel Moise. Yes. When we're talking about, you know, planned. Yeah. Very relevant. Yeah. Very relevant. That's the yeah. land of the coup. Home of the brave. <laughs> Haiti. Haiti, man. You know, you know how many coups Haiti has had? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh doc, but to Papa Doc, I mean, yeah. Baby Doc, Baby I mean, Doc, Super Doc. <laughs> And so, you know, so what we know today, talking about coups and so forth, uh, is that there were several men arrested, allegedly two Americans and the rest were Colombians. And so these were so-called, they almost described them as almost like Colombian international mercenaries. In a sense. Okay. Well, then they're, that's what they are. No, wait. Yeah. It's it's important. Right. Once again. Those of 
those in the audience who have not, who do not read the way they need to read, mm. if you want to understand what is going on in the world around you, you need to get you some new reading glasses. <laughs> read, y'all. And you need to allocate an hour a day, two hours a day, whatever. But you need to allocate specific time mm-hmm. to apply to learning what is going on in the world. In the world, because I'm telling what you. happened in Haiti, yeah, America has been dictating directly and indirectly, mm-hmm. dictating Haiti's world. And why is it always somebody, some some kind of a document? Why is it always some kind of? Uh, uh, coup or president getting killed or or you know or something going on in Haiti every time a Democrat is in office. The Republicans ain't never in office when somebody when Papa Doc or any of them get 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 overthrown. It's always a Democrat in office when that shit happened. Yeah, boy, we we really used it, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Bill Clinton was good for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Bill Clinton was famous for yeah. It. Bill Clinton was good for the shit. So was Jimmy Carter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and you know and and now, you know we see you know coming Biden. back Biden. You know what I'm saying? I mean you know, I think Barack Obama was a little bit quieter about his shit, but he was involved <laughs> with a lot of shit too. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of scary shit. Um, with regard to uh, Haiti, Haiti is like you said they are they are throw overthrow central. Um, I think Haiti. I think Haiti is has been tagged hmm. as the forever enemy, and I think and yeah. one one reason, just one. From JJ Desalines. Yep. But one reason I feel certain of that is that when Haiti publicly announced that they were no longer going to pay France, mm. right. they've been paying fucking France a couple of hundred fucking years, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And when that when when they took that position, I remember the outcry in the United Nations, the outcry in the Group of yeah. Seven, G Seven, an outcry among all of the former colonial powers, mm-hmm. because it was like, now if this shit catches on, we gonna have some real problems. Well, yeah, it's catching on in Africa. Oh yeah, oh, big time. Them. Yeah, them. yeah. The the Africans hmm. are are the president of France. Has been Macron, yeah. Mac- mm-hmm. Macron uh, mm-hmm. ha- has been humiliated a few times uh, in the last few years, where he's been standing at the podium with the president of whatever country they used to colonize, and they'd be like, "Yeah, man, we we ain't playing your game no more," and they look him dead in his eye, like, "Yeah, we done with you." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We finna make our own stuff. Yeah, we finna and do our own not thing. Paying you no more motherfucking money. Right, we ain't paying you no more. You know what I'm saying? You say you want us to be free? Well, then free us. Let us go. No, just you know, what I'm saying you're still welcome mm-hmm. to come by and mm-hmm. visit yeah, and do business, but you just can't take shit no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you want to come over here and 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 bring some money, you can bring some money and get the profits from what you bring, but you ain't getting nothing shit. else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just to take. So you know that the, from the people on the ground, you know, in the citizens of the country that mm-hmm. were displeased with Moise. I don't know if I say that in a moist, oh, yeah. moist. Uh, really, almost in comparison to his behavior, trying to create a dictatorship, he had no. He had extended his term in office, you know, and he mm-hmm. had. Doesn't it sound a little he familiar? It does sound. Typical steps. 
Mm-hmm. Faster steps. Okay, <laughs> that neo-colonial ruler mm-hmm. with the agreement of the colonial powers right. Right. have done for the last 50 fucking years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just now, didn't have permission. I know, I know I've been here, and I know y'all elected me a couple of times, but check this out. We ain't doing no more fucking elections. Right. Fuck that. Right. I'm, I'm the president for life. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Get with that. Yeah. You don't like that? Well, eh, I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> Come get me then. Oh, uh, damn. I spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but you know, that, that, that was, I, I think mm-hmm. what Haiti's going through now is also reflective of what's happening globally in terms of the anti the anti fascist movements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, and and you know, in the third world or the so called third world, it's critical to the existing colonial powers, mm-hmm. the G seven, mm-hmm. you know, NATO, all that other shit they done created. Mm-hmm. It's critical to have your puppets stick to the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got to stick to the line. So what do you think the, the hit squad was who was behind our, our powers besides people that may have been behind the hit squad? I think it was a, probably a generally agreed upon strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was someone in his... Uh, I think that was supposed to be a confidant of his, right? You know, usually is someone right there yeah. sitting close to you, very close, hands on, that's behind it. Because that, this person turns out to be Brutus. Brutus, right? Brutus? Right? Because I think it was a doctor of health or something, or a policy, yeah. health policy it was in Florida. Somebody in his what we would call his cabinet. Cabinet, yeah. Okay, a secretary of something. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's such a age-old, worn-out strategy that colonial powers use. Mm. You know, they will, I support Mose or Moses, however you say brother's name. Mm. We support him. And you'll be the same power that installs three people around him that will set it up so that when you say go, he dies. Mm. That's the way neo-colonialism works. Mm. Okay, so the, the, that's one of the things that uh, Macron or Macron or however you say his name, mm. head of France. Yeah, that's mm. one of the things he's been publicly humiliated about. Yeah, see, where former French colonies in Africa said, "Look, motherfucker, I know you. You assassinated three of our leaders. Mm. Okay, we elect them, you kill them. Ha. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. and then." A guy steps up, you kill one, a guy steps up who we think was the right hand of the guy you assassinated, but always worked for you. And that's how they get the the, the, um, the continuity of exploitation. Right. <laughs> then you kill him. Okay. <laughs> and, and the guy that was his right hand right. steps up. Okay, right. and, and the shit just goes on and fucking on. Right. Wow. This but is you know, Haiti... Haiti's got 
issues. Real, real, serious <laughs> shit. Yeah. Man, and you know, said it just on the other side of the island, you got Dominican Republic, and they don't ever seem to have shit except for people who go over there and die on vacation. <laughs> Jeez, fuck, how does that happen? You know, oh, they're, that's crazy. They're in the same. But you know what's interesting now? I'm going to jump to another island, Cuba, right? What's happening yeah. in Cuba now? And not only is Cuba having a lot of civil unrest, mm-hmm. South Africa, rioting's major. Well, see, I, I, you know, I believe, based on study, mm-hmm. based on experience, based on exposure, I believe that all of those things you just named right, yes. are all part of one strategy. Which is? Destabilization of the entire planet. Yeah. Okay? Hmm. See, because now, they couldn't do nothing about Mandela. And they tried their best to co-opt him. Hmm. And there may have been some ways that he didn't do what some people in South Africa thought he should what, do. Right. But he did, and I had a guy that was like vehemently mm-hmm. anti-Mandela tell me this. He said, mm. bruh, he said, if, if the South African, South Africans, actually Africans in South Africa, he said, if they were honest with themselves, they would have to admit that if Mandela had not been the one that stood up and kept standing, that apartheid would still exist. Hmm. Well, you know, we have to go back and look at South Africa today. Right, right. This morning. You right. know what I'm saying? Where they have the looting going on right. yeah. as a result of them putting arresting the president. The president. Yeah, uh, Jacob Zuma. Yeah, in, in jail. Oh. Right. And the, the, the irony is Zuma was a hero. Hmm. He did, I think, 10 years mm-hmm. at uh, on the island with uh, Mandela. Mandela. Yeah. Okay. But see, it, just like they're doing in Haiti, just like they're doing in Cuba, mm-hmm. because don't forget that America is on the island of Cuba, right? Oh yeah. See, yeah. Well, and yeah. I don't think counter counter offensive strategies. I don't think they ever end. Mm. The, 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 whoever your former colonial power is, I don't think they're ever going to actually stop. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't. You know, look. Had they not done what they did to put Zoom in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would have ended up happening in South Africa? Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't be a whole bunch of people stealing TV sets and, uh, <laughs> right. you know, grain and shit like that. Mm-hmm. There would be a massive continuance of the overtake of land that the white South Africans owned, that, that, they, that the African... That the black South Africans were were giving back to other black South Africans. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's a way to stop that, right? That's a way to, um, you know, that's a way to uh, reassert um, um, mm-hmm. the the motherfuckers that was back in there and 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 and, mm-hmm. and put it back into apartheid an apartheid type movement. Mm-hmm. Sad part is is that you know when I looked at the footage, right? When you got the white, the, you got the you got the South African government going back in and and you know kicking doors in and and taking stuff back from the people who had stolen it. Okay. It was always was black soldiers. It was black soldiers. Right. It was black uh mil- militia, right? Um yeah. black South African army mm-hmm. that yeah. was going back into these places and being utilized to 
Snatch up. Reclaim to, yeah, shit. to reclaim shit and to, you know, um, and to enforce this, you know, uh, to enforce this man's capture and, and imprisonment. Right? The same people, but that's what the, they the do. The same people he fucking worked for is the reason why he's in jail. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, we, we all have watched, we watched Cowboys, we watched uh, war mm-hmm. movies, you know, we, we watched detective shit. We're all aware of the person in the corner that you can't see their face, mm-hmm. but they've been standing in the corner 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. Okay? Hmm. And that same guy standing in the corner is the reason that there's riots in the streets to support someone who ironically had major fallouts with the ANC right. 20 years ago. Wow. You know, this, yeah. this, this is it's not really new that he broke off Mm-hmm. When he got when he got his chance to sit in the seat, he broke off, mm-hmm. and and basically, what's one of the num one of the top appeals to those who have been the righteous, have been the soldiers, is money, money, old fashioned money, the root of everything. It's the money, the root of all evil. (laughs) But I mean that is that because I mean the stuff that that they said he's done is like like some kind of embezzlement or some shit or all all kind of embezzlement, uh, um, cutting deals, for example, with um, the people that handle diamonds out of Africa. De Beers, De Beer. Mm -hmm. Okay, now he was getting a commission. On everything fucking De Beers did. Why? Who the fuck are you? Right. You ain't you ain't mind no damn diamonds. <laughs> the guy's going down in the ground getting the shit ain't getting no commission. No. Right. No. But right. you know, he's getting commissions from that. He was getting commissions from um there's a company that uh Payola. Yeah, well no no oh, I mean, shit, the, it's about time somebody got something. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the companies that um, that make the um uh, the cock Cobalt or whatever the shit that goes in the phones. It goes in the phone. Right. Whatever the fuck. Right. But that, he gets a commission from that. He was getting commissions. Cadmium. Yeah. From all kind of shit. But is that, is is that what you feel you're owed? Yeah. You're an asshole when you do shit like that. You're supposed to take that. You're supposed to give that to the people. You ain't supposed to give that to yourself. Right. That's right, Chris. I agree. And that's one of the things. I I remember reading a piece by uh, um, Julius K. What's his? Oh, God, I can't call his name. Nairi. Julius K. Nairi out of Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Okay. He wrote a piece. His, His nickname among the Tanzanians was in Walinu, mm-hmm. teacher. Okay. From from early on till he died. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he wrote a piece probably in the seventies, probably the mid seventies, mm. um, and he talked about these are the things that I have to face every day. Mm. Every time I meet with our for- former colonial rulers. Every time I meet with the white folks from G7, 
every time I meet, you know, just like, okay, every time I meet with these people, this is what they put me through, y'all. Let me, let me just share it with you. And he talked about, you know, all the, the myriad ways that, they, that he could become a multimillionaire in the 70s. Okay, and here he had been locked up. He had been beat down, arrested, fucked up, all that. But he, you know, his thing was, I need the people of Tanzania to hear me. Mm-hmm. Just because I managed somehow, managed to escape falling into one of them traps, you got to be aware that a whole lot of people ain't gonna be able to resist the trap. Well, they gonna know. fall dead in. Yeah. Like he, he said, he said if you fall in, it's, you, you immediately go under because it's over your head. Right, wow. way over your head. You ain't gonna stay you on know. top of the water, right? No. Well, this madness is over everybody's head, but this is what we're seeing: is the, uh, the destabilization mm-hmm. of I'll countries go. of around the globe. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, getting back to this country. You know, talk about destabilization. So Texas Senate mm-hmm. passed their voting reform bill, mm-hmm. while about fifty-eight of the Democrats went to fight the bigger issue in issue DC. in D.C. So here we are. You know, with the likes of you know. So one of the things, and I thought interesting. This this is what they're changing. They're saying that the uh, they want their poll watchers to have expanded areas, now it passed, that are entitled to ex- uh, to observe election practices or voting practices. Uh, <laughs> uh, the yeah, placement... Who, who fucking pays them? Yeah, surveillance cameras placed around. Uh, the requirement of driver's license or your force, uh, number or your four, last four digits of your social security go- uh, mm-hmm. card. Uh, voter harvesting. And uh, what they want to do is omit or eliminate people from being able to write in the vote for voters or, you know, uh, help them or right. they saying uh, 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 it's false representation of able, able-bodied voters. And that's the, just some of the, the changes. The irony is that none of that shit has ever been claimed to be part of voter manipulation or voter fraud. So, um, no, no, I'm just saying. No, I'm you, with you, gave, you, but, you know. You gave us a laundry list. It's like, list. have we ever heard this before? You, you, you gave us a laundry list <laughs> right. of what's wrong. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But I've never heard of this shit. We've never had cases of people where, you know, there were 5,000 over here and 2,000 over there and 500 over there. We ain't yeah. heard that shit. Right. Because it ain't happened. It hasn't. But, this but now is, we this need is laws. What they, now we need laws to cre- create shit that hadn't happened. To say to keep it right, from then happening. you got then you got that situation with the guy Hervis Rogers, sixty uh, two year old guy, uh, who was actually you know sort of looked at um, as a hero um, when he had to wait. Just during the, they had made a big story out of it mm-hmm. that he when he had gone over to uh, Texas Southern uh, to go vote, um, and he had he had spent hours and hours and hours and hours after he got off work, oh, yeah, and he had yeah, to yeah, spend yeah. hours and hours waiting so that he could vote on the primary for the Democrats. Um, and so he went and he voted um, at sometime around 1 o'clock in the morning yeah. um, uh, on, the, on, the, on, this, on, this, on this night. And then he, uh, his name is Hervis Rogers. Um, and then he, he, he left and they, they made a big deal out of it. They said after he got off of, out of the polls 
I said, well, what are you going to do now? He says, well, you know, it's uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. I got to go work at 6, so I'm going to go home and get ready to go back to work. Right? <laughs> um, you know, hardworking black man. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then the new state attorney came, came, cro- came across, and they arrested him. Yeah. And they said, nope, you weren't allowed to vote because 17 years ago, um, just six months before you voted, or six months after you voted, you became eligible to vote again because you were on parole from some shit you did 17 years ago in a burglary, right? And arrested him. Didn't arrest him in his own county, which is where Houston is. They arrested him in the white county. Wow. So that they could try him in the white county. Right. Right. right? You know. Mm. And these motherfuckers, you know, are trying to act like. Oh, yeah. they, you know what I'm saying that they're they're trying like, to look like out for voters rights criminal. yeah big like criminal. big criminal this wow. man could go to jail for the next two decades right over behind that small ass right. shit right behind that's a parole violation right so now they can get him on the burglary time. shit you can get new time right right and if you owed any time yes if you got a 10 year sentence and you only did six right you get out you go back on a parole violation you got the full plus the new time right you know what I'm saying that's the kind of shit that these bastards are pulling. You know what I'm saying? You could have let that man fucking walk and just fucking just overlook that shit. But no. Well, you don't want to do that. You want to punish that brother. You got the black woman. Yeah. Right? Who went and voted. Right? But yeah. you're only doing that to black people. There's AC, white people. The ACLU is arguing on that brother's case. Right. They're arguing that if mm-hmm. you can show criminal intent. Okay. If you can't show us that he voted with criminal intent knowing he shouldn't vote or can't right, vote. Right. There's nothing to stand on. But but then you get mad because the man goes, the woman goes and votes in her husband's name, right? Yeah. In another state. She didn't get knocked, right? White woman, yeah. right? Of course. You know what I'm saying? Or, or the, right. when the man went and vote, used his daddy's name yeah. to go vote. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Uh, and, and voted his vote and then voted his daddy's vote because his daddy still was getting... Uh, stuff, but they didn't throw them niggas in jail. Oh, excuse me, yeah, them niggas <laughs> in jail. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? White niggas, but they niggas. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I think they call them wiggers. Wiggers. They, they, they niggas. They niggas. Fuck okay. the motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, that, um, you know, because it, it is some crap. But I, I just want to uh, just give you a little bit of the speech that Ben Carson made at the CPAC. Uncle Ben. At the CPAC dinner a few about a week ago, he said, when you look at what the black community has been through, go all the way back to slavery. It was the family, the strong family units and the faith of God that got people through that. That got people through Jim Crow, through severe segregation, through all the difficulties. But what really had a negative impact was when the government said, come on along, came along and said, there, there, you poor little thing. I'm going to take care of all of your needs and started implementing policies that were destructive to the family formation. These, those are the things that have hurt the black community the most. And that was his so what you're saying is, is that that's what Master didn't think he was doing when he was fucking giving you fucking corn pone and fucking hog mugs to fucking eat. That's not what Master was doing when he was basically 
telling your daddy to get out the fucking house so he could go in the house to go fuck your mama. That's not what master was doing, right? When he was deciding that he wanted to sell off your brother or your sister or your aunties and your uncles from their families, right? Shut up, you stupid asshole. I swear to God, Uncle Ben. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't think about none of that shit. He just thinks he wants to impress white people. And that bothers me. I hate somebody that, that, that you know what? But there's if there's ever a black man types. that I hated, it was always the motherfucker that wanted to stand down in front of the white man and try and prove to the white man that he understood where they were coming from and more than he could understand where, where his own people were coming his from. His own mother you know what I'm saying? and father. You know, you know, that shit, you know, just to parents. just to impress them, well, the, right? The whole, the whole, all the comments that Uncle Ben has made mm. about the welfare system. Yes. Okay? Because mm. my thing is this. Even if I know I benefited from a corrupt system, mm -hmm. when I began to question the corrupt system, I have to admit and accept that I benefited from the corrupt system. Exactly. Mr. <laughs> welfare Baby. Okay. Yeah, Welfare Baby. He didn't have no daddy around, right? His mama raised him on welfare. The right? misconnect. The misconnect. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's a bad well, thing. It's the worst thing that could have happened to you. Motherfucker, how did you become a fucking brain surgeon? Off welfare, asshole. <laughs> Off food stamps. You got food stamps. Stop, stop lying to yourself. You know? And lying to everybody else. And lying to everybody else like you didn't get food stamps. But what's wrong? There's there's such a, but this is, the, you're right, to appease uh, a whole other group that you're dying to be accepted and blended in, mm -hmm. you know. And, and it can never happen. But, you know, people like that, those are the same uh, Karens or what's that woman's name? Uh, that gets Karen? on Karen, uh, no, gets on Fox News, oh. and the, the the I forget the sister that oh, oh, uh, the Italian, no, no, oh, the white, oh, oh, the, the black, black girl, sister, black girl. About, um, K, uh, C Carmen. It, it starts with the C anyway, but yeah, yeah, her people like that, you know that uh, Susie. I don't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not not that I'm not giving her much relevancy, but right. no. but the point is, is that you know you you, you grandstand and you mm. say these things that you know that maybe they want to hear and they applaud and raw and get really excited yeah. don't, don't, don't leave out the oh, check oh yeah the you check. A check yeah, yeah. and the, and the, the check. check cause that blank that's really what it is I will not say it but right. that blank right she knows exactly what she's doing yeah yeah she does okay. it's for the check right because hoeing is hoeing no matter just how you look you, at it. because you're not standing on the corner of 51st and Broadway mm -hmm. in L.A. selling your ass mm -hmm. don't mean you ain't hoeing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's like <laughs> you know, there was another hoe that came out of Stanford. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. The, the right wing. Candace Owens is that. that Candace, that Candace Owens. Owens that, Candace, Candace Owens. Owens. Candace Owens. Candace Owens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Candace Owens the hoe. Candace Owens. <laughs> Candace Owens, yeah. But uh, the other <laughs> woman out of Stanford, mm. she, her whole career, her whole career, mm -hmm. she's approaching her 60 now. I think she's 57, 58, somewhere in there. Mm. But her whole career has been spent. Wow, not Condoleezza. <laughs> Is that you talking about? Okay, eyebrows went to the air, then we won't do this. Kind of easy, kind of easy. Now, wasn't it? Who was that that recently went on uh, media and just slammed her and 
just talked about this is maybe in the last month or two. Maxine Waters? No, no, no. It was a, a male. Oh, it was a male. Who Maxine just, cut. Woo-hoo. She cut Condoleezza ass off. Oh, look. A She's new one? A little, little itty bitty piece. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Look, look, right. look, like this. Okay, look. Those are bite sized chunks, ladies and gentlemen. He's holding up. <laughs> bite sized chunks of Condoleezza. Well, but, that, but I mean, that's, you know, that we have the perpetuation of the slave apologists. Yes. All my life, I've seen it. Yeah. So Ben Carson gets the award of. We won't even put a name on it. Man, I mean, right. <laughs> well, we got we got to have a, a award yeah. uh, it, weekly for uh, people like that the that DC just fall to that. The booty juice drinker. <laughs> he just here, give him a full glass of booty juice. Here you go, <laughs> swallow. <laughs> right, right. Swallow right. that down. <laughs> the booty juice crack of, right, right. Of, the, of, the, of the month for a glass of booty juice. <laughs> we give two. So on, the, oh, you wanted to wind down. You wanted to no, say no, no, some no, finalizing no. that uh, Richard Sherman. Yes, I want to. I want really, no. Really, well, that was. I was oh, just about man. to. Segue right into uh, the the brother, the brother. Well, we're moving it right along. Uh, Hey, hey, hi, hi. No, No. so I want to bring up the poor brother Richard uh, Sherman, who has been uh, accused of well, accused, but who was uh, arrested for domestic violence, um, who has been uh, claimed to have um, depression associated with. uh, Football ballers and head injuries and mental instability. So I want to say this because our community are mm. fanatical fucking footballers. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen closely. This is not against the sport. It's against the reality. Okay, Richard Sherman could go to. what these white folks is doing right now. Hmm. Okay? When he, when his wife called the police, not this current situation, but the one before that. Okay. Mm -hmm. When his wife called 911, she she specifically said, do not kill my husband. Mm. Right. right, Something is, something is not right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've been with him all my life. Something is not right. Right, and she was right to say that because we know what happens. Mm-hmm. We even when domestic violent cases, and there several people across the U.S. And when it's a black person, it's domestic, whether it's or a domestic issue. Okay, maybe somebody's unstable in, in uh in the home, unstable and mental, and we can't handle it. But we need help. We need help. Listen to them. We help. Whether then you be be a back end, just get your ass beat down. Hey. You okay, know. but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ask yourself. That was Michael call. Strahan's previous wife. You think she would have said that shit? She would have been like, come get this motherfucker. <laughs> i tell you. <laughs> Shoot him in the ass. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But uh, but but her <laughs> plea, I understand the woman's. It's like he's yeah. making us crazy that he might take us all out right now, but please do me a favor. We need help, but don't kill him. Right. Just because I cry for help don't mean... That I give you a right a, to I'm just kill that. I'm you murdering my husband. Right. The, the thing to me that I really want to communicate to all the, all of those that worship at the altar of the NFL, 
I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me clearly. Okay? We know for a fact that it has been found and proven that a football player's life with concussion is been determined to be the equivalent of being in three to five thousand or more auto accidents. It's okay. serious. I believe now, that. Now, so now, now, when the, the and I, I want to bring this just up to the very end with the current situation with, with Richard Sherman. The night that he had the wreck, the night that he was beaten on his father-in-law's door, okay? Mm -hmm. When they arrested him, they said he was drunk, and they said that he was threatening to kill his, his father-in-law, his wife, his kids, himself, on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I think somebody needs to think about or look into or consider, when a person suffers from the kind of brain damage that Richard Sherman has endured, well, are we, are okay. we sure he's had that kind of brain damage? Yeah, we had, no, 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 no. Have they said he's got CTE? He's yeah. still a football player. Yeah. yeah but that, as far as we're concerned. Yeah, 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 he's still a football player. You know but that, that's why I'm saying this. I'm saying it because those that love football have no recollection of CTE for nobody. Yeah. They always associate it with after. After the career, after the highlights, after the spotlight. Mm-hmm. This guy is still one of the most phenomenal fucking football players right. on the planet. So are you saying that in your... Now, of course, everyone, these are only opinions that we're expressing. But, so in your opinion, are you saying that there's something else that's... What I'm saying is this. I've never been supportive of my people engaging in action, activities that complicate our ability to survive. Therefore, having had at least five, three relatives, two friends in my lifetime who ended up committing suicide okay. mm -hmm. because of CTE. Okay. It wasn't proven until years Chronic later. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Not, not even to say it. Okay. Let me say this. Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Yeah. Um, okay, there we Chronic go. traumatic encephalopathy. Yes, that's it. Um, I can say this. Dr. Walker. Dr. Christopher Dr. Jeffrey, Christopher. medic extraordinary, United States Army. <laughs> um, but what I can say is this, right? I played football mm -hmm. in high school. I know you guys are like, oh, he's just playing high school. <laughs> right? <laughs> My shit wasn't right <laughs> for a long isn't. time after I stopped playing high school football. It still ain't right, right, right? I didn't play my senior year. And let me tell you, I played my sophomore and my junior year. And I can tell you, honest to goodness, I didn't get my shit straight until I was about 19 from that, right? I mean, I'm telling you, it was just my yeah. my brain right. just was, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't do anything. I was like, you know, it was like I was just this big, petted, drooling idiot in school for the next two years, right? You know, um, and that's real shit. That's, that's real talk. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I just, it, I, I can honestly see, um, you know, I had emotional issues and all, all kind of right. things that were going on. I never had any problems whatsoever. I had um, a brother that I grew up with that 
played at Dorsey High. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Won hell of awards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Deep best defensive this, best that, best this, best that. But time, but time we were 19 mm-hmm. or 20. This brother was walking on two canes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. High school. High school. Yeah. He could speak five languages. He was extremely fucking sharp. Okay? Mm-hmm. He killed us. Yeah. He, did, it, he so, did what we call slow suicide. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pain meds. Yeah. Of course. Drugs, All of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a quickie. Uh. But I watched a human with so much fucking potential. Right. Just deteriorate. Yeah. So you know what? But Crash and burn. The, the other thing I'm going to say, which is controversial, but I'm going to say it any damn way. On top of the CTE, the use of steroids only compounds the issue. Nine thousand. Another two thousand pounds of shit. Exactly. Well, you know, I have on my on my on my wrist here, ladies and gentlemen. I have a I have a mm-hmm. a bracelet. Uh, it says twenty two a day, mm-hmm. right? Twenty two veterans die every day. Every day from from suicide. Yeah. Wow. We have to ask ourselves why there are twenty two dying every day from suicide, in part because of traumatic brain injuries that they've taken in terms of the concussions from the blasts that they've been around from those from those. Um, uh, IEDs and shit like that, yeah, yeah. grenades and large explosions and stuff like that. They're killing themselves because of this traumatic CTE. You're, you're going to find out how many soldiers in the f- near future have CTE from all these from being close to these large explosions. I can almost guarantee it. Well, I think it's like football. I think that you know, and this is my probably my last comment on Richard Sherman's situation. But <clears throat> given that appearing drunk or being considered drunk is a frequent misdiagnosis of those who suffer from CTE. Mm-hmm. Okay? So now this last incident, it was assumed that he was drunk because he wrecked the car. Yeah. And then they, they further assumed it based on him beating on the, his father-in-law's door and all of that. But in the presence of CTE, can you simply assume that? Is that a safe or reasonable or legal assumption to make? When yeah. that is one of the main things that, that people get confused is that they think the guy's drunk and he's not. Right. Because mm-hmm. the, 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 all of the, the uh, elements mm-hmm. of what happens when you're suffering from that kind of brain damage, oh, yeah. appear to be similar to, if not the same as, being drunk. Man, dude, I mean, it, look, I ain't gonna okay. lie. Man, there be times, man, where I'm like, everything's fine. You know, I haven't had anything to drink. You know, and this has been my whole life. You know, honestly, I mean, from being a soldier and being around explosions and yeah. Yeah. having been in the football team and taking hits to the head, being, you know, 
you got to realize I was maybe like when I played football in in, in high school, especially my sophomore year, I was a hundred pounds soaking wet playing junior varsity football against kids who were 150, 160, 175 pounds. Oh no! Yeah, I was I was a, you were what they call late the bloomer. Size you are yeah. Now. yeah, yeah, quarter the size I am now, didn't they, right? <laughs> And, I mean, I was going to head up with dudes 165. Bam, bam, bam. You know what I'm saying? And That's crazy. all my life, there would be days where I would get up, you know, and I feel like drunk, where I can't yes. even stand up straight. All right. Where I have to I'm damn near crawl to the toilet. Right? You know what I'm saying? I know what's going on in my dating profile back check, background check. Right. Did you play football? <laughs> <laughs> How many times were you hit the head? Right. Okay, check. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. That goes off. Yeah. I tell you, it, it makes a difference. Um, but, you know, I mean, but I, you know, never attributed any of that to football, you know. See, uh, that, that's why. Until now. That's why I want <laughs> to make a personal plea to our audience, mm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. Do not, do not sacrifice humans for the Roman gladiator sport in the stadium. Mm. Okay. There's nothing wrong with football, but once we identified what is wrong, we need to fucking fix it. Yeah, because true. I mean, I I know I've met too many guys, and. They start talking about the, their struggles, mm-hmm. and often I've heard them drop it on themselves that it's you know I, I, I wasn't I wasn't focused enough I wasn't strong enough I wasn't right. blah blah blah. But then when you start talking about well, have you ever played organized sports? Oh yeah, I was a tight end, high school. Right. And then I played in college. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought I could. Yeah, I mean, that's that, true. I, I don't know. What, okay, but I'm, so, I'm just asking people to please. Have your children play basketball. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. And please cover your balls, cover your ball. Man, this I is just, double entendre. I don't, know what, I don't know what you're going to be able to do. You know, I always wonder, you know, when you think about that, you know, CTE and all the other stuff, I wonder. You know, about some guys um, that played the sport um, with reckless abandon. Guys like uh, Ronnie Lott. You know what I'm saying? I wonder how wow. he's doing right now. Right? I wonder how uh, uh, Jack Tatum is doing. Right? Okay. You know? It's, wait a minute. Let's hold pause for the cause. I think we forgot to turn. We've got to turn off our yeah. ringers. You know, I wonder how some of those guys that just used to just. Teddy Bruschi, you know, guys that just were just mm-hmm. ripping dudes' head off, yeah. right? You know, they used to call it decleating, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just decleat a motherfucker, just, just take his, wow. you know, damn near take his life, snatch his soul. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I've seen hits that were so hard. You know what I'm saying? And I and I can remember, um, maybe even being hit like that a few times. You know, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, um, wow. and and thinking about how, you know, those types of things affected. Um, uh, people over time. I mean, you know. Oh my but, gosh, this is serious. I mean, know, you know. Roger Craig, people, how's he doing? Right, how are they doing now? But, you know, we know that. Uh, Joe Montana. The people Shit. that. I mean, suicidal. We don't know how many people have actually committed males and young and different, all ages that committed suicide. And, yeah. and this it really has an impact, had an impact. CTE, such as Aaron Hernandez. That was, you know, now what? That, no, yeah. that in, was a perfect the example. The presentation that uh, 
Dr. Boyce Watkins did, mm-hmm. one of the people he mentioned was Aaron Hernandez. Because he said that he thinks it played a much bigger role. You know, he said, and not, not negating or doing away with, with what happened, but acknowledging that he wasn't born that way. Yeah. Right. I mean, even if he did have all this, you know, um, you know, traumatic stuff that happened to him sexually, where he'd been abused, oh, and yeah. all that stuff. Right. Right. You know, there. You also have to also consider the other aspects of what was going on with him as a child, as he was being hit upside the head. I'm telling you, man. They mm. say your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 years old. Right, so if you can imagine somebody starting Pop Warner at ten years old mm. and playing football all the way to college, you know what I'm saying? Till they're twenty two, twenty three years old, you're talking about all this time your brain's developing. You're taking concussions the whole goddamn time, right? That's you know? scary. It's the thought is scary. Wow, you know? because you don't know how that impacts performance. Just being able to, the ability to sit in a class mm-hmm. and get along and yeah, focus. Don't, don't talk about you know, the world. right? Just Not even mention the world. In a class. 20 people, a teacher. Right. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's disruptive. He's disruptive. He doesn't focus. He's not looking at the chalkboard. He's He's always agitating. Then he wants to bully other people. You don't know what's going on. What's really going on. That was my ass right there. Aaron Hernandez came up in, in Dr. Watkins' presentation. And, you know, his thing was, listen, I... What do you say about somebody who you meet them, you get a sense of, you know, what they are blessed with, their skills, their talents, their interests, okay? And then a little bit of time passes, a few more experiences, a few more traumas, and, you know, Aaron is saying, well, when I want to kill somebody, I kill them. <laughs> What's you know, wrong with and, that? And, and Boyce was like, What's wrong Dr. was like, wait, 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 hold, 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 stop, stop, stop. Who in the hell says that? I used to. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, no, I'm just, but I did. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> thank God I didn't kill okay. anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank God you didn't kill anybody. Thank yeah. God you're here. And that, that's the thing. You know, right no, now, I'm, I'm just... this is a call for, uh, a, a bit, huge call for help for uh, Richard Sherman right now. You know, that he gets the help that he needs now. What's he going to do? Don't wait. Man? Don't put him in jail. Him. Well, don't, uh, you know, that's just it. He doesn't need to be. He needs to help. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, what, what you know, it's. There should be some kind of mandiv- mandatory uh, review and screening of these people who are athletes periodically. You know, if they know and understand the re- don't do the research of the CTE, they should understand that there's certain milestones and periods that they need to reevaluate. Even people that have retired from the sports. You know what athlete I admire the most? Who's that? Andre S O G Ward, right? Um, because his He's a boxer. Oh, um, yeah. He's a boxer. Okay. He's, he was, okay. you know, uh, undefeated, yes. uh, retired, undefeated, um, fought uh, 28 fights or something like that. Um, at a certain point, he said, I ain't get my head beat in. You know, he, 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 you know, he was considered the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Um, 
one of the things he always said was, hmm. you can't be taking no beatings like that. You know, and you get beat and beaten, 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 beaten. He beat. said that. Yeah. You know, that's what he says all he the time when he watches these guys just sit there right. and, and beat each other's brains. And he says, I mm. never, he ne- but if you ever watched Andre's fights, he never fought like that. He was always mm. not trying not to get hit or taking away what a guy's strong suit was oh, that was yeah. going to hurt him and, and then, you know, pushing him back. Right. And that's what, that's the way he fought. But now Andre Ward, you know, at, who, who their guys have gone way past Andre Ward now. Andre's maybe thirty five now, if that. Yeah. Right. Early thirties. Yeah, early thirties, and he's and he's in the commentators booth, right, talking about the fights. Oh, oh, okay. right. Good for Co- him. Commentating on the fights, he's probably making more money doing that him. than he got ever. In, he got in, hit it, got got his belt and, and shit, got on out, and got out, and got out. Yeah. And has no bless his heart. Based on hearing him talk, right? He has no illusions. Right, right. About you know, well, I missed out on money and blah blah blah. Fuck yeah. that shit. He's like, uh uh-huh. Because if you think about it, not gonna stand there. Was it because most of the ones that got older and matured? I think Joe Lewis was one. You know, they started getting kind of you know loopy and then Manny Pacquiao was one. Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, exactly. You know, Joe Frazier. You know, saying you listen to any of these guys, Sugar Shane Mosley, right? You listen to Sugar Shane Mosley talk. As Deacon Fogon, right? You know, I mean, you know, he sounded like Ali, right? Right, yeah, you know, he should have been tragic. in the commentators booth with Andre, yes. right? Yes, but he, yes. but he, he kept going. He kept going. Mm. Right. You know who we don't see anymore is um, Sugar Sugar Ray Leonard. He well, was commentating he, well, nah, for a Sugar while. Sugar got popped a few times though. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, he did. And he lost an eye. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Don't, don't Disconnected retina. Yeah. Uh, See, so he, you know, because yeah. I saw an interview with Sugar Ray recently, mm-hmm. you know, and he was like, you know, a lot of our a lot of my fans don't, don't somehow forgot. Yeah. You yeah. know, hmm. I can't see. Okay. But in right. one eye. One eye. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. If the other one's there, it don't do, it can't do shit. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and, and it's interesting because, you know, Sugar Ray didn't take no, I mean, he got whooped. Okay. He ain't never got knocked out cold. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't see but him remember him with Durant? Up. He took a beating with Durant. Yeah. Oh, that was early in his career. And yeah, guess what? Early. He was like 22, 23 years old when that happened. And guess what? He came back and whooped Durant's ass the second fight. In fact, Durant didn't really put no hurt on him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe, I'll tell you who put some hurt on him. Hearns put some hurt yeah, on his Hearns, ass. Hearns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But Durant, 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 yeah. Durant, Durant outboxed him is what Durant did. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But Hearns like whooped his ass, you know what I'm saying? Like he gave him like a lifetime ass whooping. That's how he lost that eye. You know what I'm saying? But um but as far as um you know, as far as him him, you know, taking a serious ass whooping, probably never. I mean, Terry Terry Norris beat him up pretty good, but he was old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, he I mean, but you know, come on, let's be realistic. I mean, he didn't take lifetime ass whoopings like the ass lifetime ass whoopings that he dished out. He dished okay. out. He okay. dished out more ass whoopings to people it? that probably walk around like my name is Jim, Jim, my name is Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, right? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? In the old soldiers' home type of shit, playing with little you know ten year old puzzles and shit, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Sugar Ray, you know, yeah, he just I, I don't think he was as good a commentator. He just he, you know, he just had that um, he had that beauty, and he had. 
enough of a, a personal charisma mm-hmm. that got him there, but nobody really wanted to see him talk. I think that was what that was. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you look at Roy Jones. Roy Jones is fading away soon. I think, you know what I'm saying? If Roy Jones, I think they finally told Roy, if you take one more fight. Really? Okay. You know what I'm saying? One more fight as a professional, you can't work for us anymore. As a matter of fact, does he work anywhere anymore? Because he was on HBO, right? He was HBO commentator. Because HBO doesn't do uh, boxing anymore. So that was it. Yeah, you don't want to be I mean, on the other side. A lot of the guys that were on there with him on HBO. Right. Went over to either uh, Showtime, Showtime or, or Dazen and uh, Fox Sports. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So you want to hang around a little bit, hang, hang around, yeah. keep your mind, mm-hmm. you know, be able to change your own diapers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I just want to say, moving on in uh, posthumous, yes. that uh, we lost uh, the passing and just give a little memory and honor to Clarence Williams the third. What? Yes. Link yes. is Link. dead. <laughs> With the afro, with the beautiful afro. Oh, my God. Now, Clarence Williams III was known to be uh, Link, well, first known as Link Link in the Mod Squad. Yeah, Yeah, the Mod Squad. In the the hit Mod Squad. Uh, Other movies, uh, he was in last known for Tales from the Hood. The Big (laughs) Doo-Doo. I'll give you the shit. You would like the shit? Uh, Tales from the Hood, the which doo-doo. was 1995. Yeah, don't you remember that? Yeah, no, no, yeah, I yeah. remember it. I, okay. I just wasn't about the time. Yeah, he did, he did, he did a couple of those, yeah. actually. Right, he did. Um, when we hadn't seen him in years. He was like, man, we want the shit. He says, oh, I'm going to give you the shit. You want the shit? <laughs> yeah, we want the shit. Okay, I'm going to give you the big doo-doo. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, born August 21st, 1939, New York City. Oh, 39. And he passed away in Los Angeles. So oh. now his wife, you guys know Don't forget his Purple wife Rain. Is, right? Oh, oh my God, that's right. He was he the was daddy, a, in, the Purple daddy in Purple Rain. Oh, yeah, yeah, Princess Daddy. Mm-hmm. He was the daddy that beat that patty and that little booty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was in The Butler. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was in The Butler. He was in American Gangster. Yeah. He played Bumpy Johnson. Mm-hmm. He was in um, Deep Cover. Yeah. That was a good ah, one. Yeah, okay. it was in Deep Cover. Okay. Uh, he was also 52 in, pickup. let's see, Hoodlum. Yeah. yeah. He was in Hoodlum. He was in I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. He was? He yeah. Was a, yeah, okay. he played a role called Kalinga. Okay. Well, he was in. He played the. Uh, he was. It was like a parody of a black revolutionary <laughs> leader or something. Yes, I yeah. believe so. Yeah, that shit was funny. <laughs> oh my god, it was. He funny. played an absolute loon in this movie called uh, Fifty Two Pickup um, oh. with Roy Scheider, and okay. he he almost he was like he smothered uh, Vanity with the pillow. Right. Oh my god, he killed me with that. But she was like, ah, ah. she she did really well in that movie too. I loved that. <laughs> And he was Boy. also in um, the life with Martin Lawrence and um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the prison. Yes, he was. Yeah, the prison player. Yeah, yeah, it was before he was the guy that was uh, the gambler that got killed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, just uh, the oh, now I just want to say he was married to you know who uh, his wife was. No, uh, no. his wife was uh, gosh, the woman that played in. The Matrix, the black woman, and she played the Matrix. Remember in the Matrix, she was it was a black she was woman. The she was the, uh, the, the Oracle. Oracle, the Oracle, right? Yeah. In the Matrix, yeah. yeah. Okay. That Which was one? The first wife. one or the second one? The first one. 
Okay, yeah, she, that's the one that died. Yeah. Yeah, she okay. did. Yeah. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but he was 81 years old mm-hmm. and succumbed to uh, colon cancer. Oh, not that one again. Yeah, that one again. But I just want to say. Go get your colon checked. You, you know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to be going out like that at 81. You're supposed to have. You know what? My, you know, it's crazy. Well, unless it, well, you're not supposed to do it at 40-something either, which was the age of uh, our, our Black Panther. Well, yeah, that's, well, you, you know, know, I'm saying that at 40-something. Was, was he colon cancer? Yeah, he died of colon, colon cancer, yeah. yeah. You're not supposed to be dying after you get to that. You're not, you know, look, you're not supposed to, colon cancer, you're not supposed to die from, from what you eat, right? But what I'm saying is, is that at, at such an age, you know what I'm saying, if you're, a, you know, if you, especially if you live in North America or if you live in the United States mm-hmm. and you have access to health care, Right. These are the things that you have to look for. My father, hmm. um, my father is uh, 79 this year. Hmm. Um, and he is, you know, every time, I, you know, every time I talk to my father, he is going in. Right. And getting some checked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's going okay. and making sure like, you know, he's like, you know, this week I think I'm going to check my my bladder. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. Let's you know what I'm saying? This week I'm going to go with the, you know what I'm saying? This I mean, he's taking He's taking a look at everything. Right, exactly. And that's what you that's what you do, man. That's what you know what I'm saying. If you are, you know, getting to the getting around those years, you know what I'm saying, especially, you know, if you're a smoker or you've been drinking for all these years or you've been, you know, you know, doing what you do, um, and you wanna continue. Um, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, you gotta wanna continue. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, it's good to go get things looked at. You know. So a uh, little trivia. So uh, the former wife, the the one that played the Oracle, her name that was married to Clarence Williams III, her name was Gloria Foster. That's but right. who Foster. who did he date from 1990 to 1999? Ding 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 Okay, the answer is he dated Tyne Daly. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. <laughs> when, when, Tyne, when Tyne Daly started the show with her and the other, uh, other woman. woman. Yeah, that's no, right. That the was, cop no, show. That was, no, that, you know who she was married to? That was George Deborah Brown she was married to No, but that. she dated in 19... No, 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 he dated Tyne. They were for nine years. They didn't get married, but they lived together, I think, for a while. They were real. It was real. Yeah, it was heavy. It was controversial at the time. Yeah. Because when they did the two women cop partner, Cagney and Lacey. Cagney and Lacey. Right, that's right. When they did that, that was already controversial. It was. And then I saw interviews with her. Mm hmm. And, you know. And she talked about and his her husband not husband but her man is sitting there which was Clarence and it was Clarence right yeah I remember that I remember that shit <laughs> it was like girl you know you can't win I mean you you got a nigga a nigga at the house and now and you and you and this other woman is trying to play you know the old partner the cop partners right and i think one of them i think one of them was supposed to be a lesbian so too. she uh tyna she got jungle fever she got jungle fever hey. a little stevie wonder so on that we're gonna close but i want to talk the next time we come back i want to say a movie that i did see and we'll talk about it 
uh, in the um, upcoming podcast, but Summer of Soul. And let me just tell you just a little bit. So Summer of Soul was uh, a film. It was recorded in 1969, but it's set in a basement on a shelf somewhere in Harlem for 50 years. Now, and this was a big concert. While Woodstock was going on, there was Summer of Soul, and and then nobody heard anything after. So, but the lineup included Abby Lincoln, Hugh Masekela, yeah, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Willie Bobo, Mongo Santa Maria, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, Nina Simone, uh, Staple Singers, BB King, Fifth Dimensions, David Ruffin, Mahalia Jackson, up, up and away. <laughs> <laughs> And did I say staple singers? Yeah. Yeah. So make sure that you, uh, and people, you know, I hope, make sure you check out Quest Love. This is all to Quest Love. Big up. In my beautiful <laughs> balloon. Would you like to fly in my beautiful balloon? Ah. <laughs> my beautiful balloon. <laughs> Marilyn McCoo. Oh my God, that was a great show. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, anyway, so that's been uh, episode 33 of the Vibe Juice. 33? Ma- uh, 30, 33. My bad. It is 33. 33. 34th coming up, y'all. So, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and check us out. Another week. Peace, y'all. Peace. Black. <laughs>